Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike. Today we have some very special guests representing the Commander Spellbook website, which is the project that I've been working on with EDHREC for quite some time now. So we'll go ahead and introduce here. We've got Goldshot, Apple, and Jalen, the members of my team. Uh, let's go ahead and... Uh, Start with Goldshot. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Um, just doing a lot of combos on the daily. <laughs> Apple? Not doing What's a whole up? lot. That's good fun. Jalen, how are you doing? I'm today? doing well. Uh, sorting through social media posts for the Fantastic. next week for the Commander Spellbook. Yeah, Jalen's uh, controlling our social media and got some great community interaction. So we'll say this again at sign-off, but... If you're interested in our project, that's commanderspellbook.com or on Twitter at commanderspell or on Instagram at commanderspellbook. And uh, Mike, let's get started. Yeah, so I mean, if you're interested in our product, if we're, in what we're putting out there, the spellbook, it sounds really cool. So help me out. What What is the spellbook? Um, Jalen, you're talking about how you're going through all of the uh, social media posts and everything for it. So what are people posting to? What are they posting about? Tell me a little bit about what your what your project is. So the Commander Spellbook, our tagline is the search engine for EDH combos, is a as comprehensive as we can get it, a database filled with every single combo that we can find that will either win the game or create a loop mm-hmm. that's more likely to win you the game. So like infinite mana, okay. mm-hmm. for example, geared, of course, towards the Commander format. That totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm on the website and playing with it. And we talk about how there's so many, Alex and I talk about how there's so many cards in Magic and there's so many interactions. You know, when you're into the point where you're looking at near 9,000 combos, that makes sense. Because I'm sitting here, you know, we decided and sneak peek behind the curtain a little bit later where we're going to talk about some of our favorite combos. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot more uh, than I thought in a couple of my own decks. Uh, There were a couple of infinite combos that I didn't even realize that I had uh, in a couple Mm -hmm. of decks. So it's it's actually been really cool. So I'll tell you what, Apple, what has what going into this project? What was something that you learned that you weren't ready for? Something that that really surprised me, like I wasn't really expecting was how much work actually goes into like making things presentable and like making things readable for other people. Because when when you're just working sure. on like you're just coming up with lists of ideas and you just write them down and you send them off, it's that's not re- you just basically writing your stream of conscience on how something works is not readable to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like like I was that kid who like in high school when like. I would answer a question that the teacher would ask somebody to translate. Um, and it's like, you, and especially <laughs> when you're trying to make like a public facing product that you expect other people to be able to use and understand, that's really not what you want. Yeah. And I, I not only do I get that, but looking at the website itself, first of all, it, it's really clean, which I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of 
trying to sort out that for my in real life job and I, my jealousy is let it let it be known it is on full display here <laughs> i might be <laughs> well i want to i want to give a shout out here to our uh developer invaluable developer blade Behringer, who uh created our incredible design nice. now we all work together to make this project but the website itself is blade's handiwork and goodness gracious he is i mean you can see our if you're looking at our homepage right now we have this excellent sunset gradient we have a great logo that was made by uh, an independent artist and it just looks like a clean excellent website mm-hmm. and, and i think that just is really inviting and it people. helps that he has like a, a comic book name too it's it rolls off the tongue super it well it really does it's like <laughs> hey blade you want to cut off some of the css I mean, the, the infinity cog is is very cool oh yeah it's a very yeah that is that is i think it's a great sweet. logo we're talking about thousands upon thousands of combos for edh uh like I said, the number that we're looking at right now, 8,941. Yeah. In our database, I think we just crossed 9K. Well, there you go. Uh, so I'll tell you what, Gold, is this a number you thought was going to be higher, lower? When you were first diving into it, what were you thinking you were going to come up with? I never really expected to get this far. Every time I think about <laughs> the, the scale and the scope, it's just crazy. It's like, okay. Sure. Think about uh, free sack outlets, for starters. That's just an insane amount of combos to begin with. All the combos mm-hmm. of the sack outlet, they now have that many variations. Now you can build your own free sack outlet in all kinds of ways, and that just tones up the amount. It's, it's a really crazy scale to think about that uh, I never really expected walking in. No, that makes that makes sense. I mean, again how many thousands upon thousands of cards that are available to use in EDH. And then just when you talk about things that people traditionally use, like a sack outlet, which is so easy to combo with, but what does that really mean? Well, it means for this website and for the compendium that you put together, okay, does it win the game instantly? Does it give so much value in an infinite loop that it's tangential to winning the game? And I again, when you're talking about not even knowing if this was going like I didn't know we were going to get this far, I get it more and more as I'm looking into it because it's a really cool uh, everybody who hasn't, you know, if you're driving or whatever and you're listening to this, don't. But if you're sitting at a computer, when you park. yeah. If you've got an opportunity, just go to commanderspellbook.com, which great job getting that URL. That's pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. And literally just type in a card and see the combos that adapt with it and what you can use. This is pretty ridiculous, Alex. You all have done something pretty amazing here. So if you haven't gotten enough kudos yet, I'm giving them to you all. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. And holy cow, I'm going to use this. And I'm not a combo player. I love this stuff. Yeah, Mike. Um, one interesting thing that we have, though, sure. just to show the scale of everything, is about a ninth of our database combos specifically with the card Retreat to Coral Helm, which is a draft <laughs> chaff uncommon from Battle for Zendikar. So there's so much potential here, and one of the big problems we're, we're trying to grapple with is all of these variations, because Phyrexian Altar probably also has over 2,000 combos with it. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent feature that we've integrated is uh, certain combos are themselves 
part of larger and more complex combos. Mm-hmm. Like you might have a uh, an astronaut's altar and then a payoff card, but then if you add another card on top of that, you can turn that into infinite draw. Or maybe if you add a card on top of that, you can turn it into infinite mill. So we have this nice feature that uh, we programmed in where if this combo is itself entirely contained within a larger combo, the uh, engine will go ahead and find that yeah, combo for it's, you. It, it, it's not just a, oh, well, these two cards make this combo. Uh, it's a... Yeah, so you want to get fancy sometimes. Yeah, there's, there's pieces where I'm looking at four or five cards and going, okay, yeah, that does it. And being able to even just sort it by, oh, by the way, this will get you infinite card draw, infinite life gain, and infinite colorless mana, and... The one that I've picked myself today is uh, one with infinite enter the battlefield, infinite leave the battlefield, death triggers, sacrifice triggers, and damage in a deck that I had with all three of these cards in it. And I think I was aware of the combo. I just never actually got to do it. I might be building that deck again just because it was a fun deck. (laughs) That's our upcoming landmark feature for probably next year. Mm -hmm. The big one that we want to... uh, Temper expectations, it's probably not going to be this year, but it, as soon as we can get it done, our our big next one that we're doing is going to be Rex. Just okay. like you can put in your deck list into EDH Rec and get recommendations for your deck. Very cool. Uh, we hope to have a, a feature where you can put in your deck list and it'll find all the combos and maybe even some combos that uh, you can add in with just one extra card. That's awesome. And and again, you're talking about what you're going to be working on in the future here. Yeah, that's um, a future goal. We're talking. We're you know, I I know how much work has gone into this. Uh, how long has everybody been working on this project? I know that we've you know been in different kind of timelines, but I, I mean, Alex, I'll I'll start with you. How long have you been working on this project? Yeah. So I joined uh, almost right at the beginning of February 2020. I was brought in by a uh, founding mod, Untraceables, and uh, came in as a server judge. You know, that's mm-hmm. something I love to do. Is go on discord servers and uh just offer judge knowledge and chill out with people and uh kind of ingratiated myself and uh eventually joined the leadership and uh, assumed control in december of last year and this has just been a great community that's uh, everyone contributes we have all different levels of con- contributors we have the people who uh submit the combos we have our editors who uh review them and make sure that they're all okay and that we have uh, our moderation team, which we have live with us today, uh, that are actually taking the combos live and, and making everything tick. So ev- everybody helps, sure. no matter at what level. We have thousands of members and everyone's okay. helping. How about you, Jalen? So I actually joined as a writer for EDH Rec, God, like mm-hmm. June of last year, maybe maybe a little bit earlier than that. And at around the same time was when... Uh, it was either when the combo database was being put onto EDHREC or immediately after. And via the EDHREC site, I saw our Discord server, the Commander Spellbook Discord server, and I joined there. And I just uh, tagged along, submitted combos when I found them. Uh, I'm mostly proud of the Nadir plus food chain combo. I will never stop talking about that. <laughs> and uh, I also helped out with judge work. I'm a, I'm only a rules advisor technically, but I've taken all the tests to become a level one judge. I just can't afford it quite yet until quarantine's over. Gotcha. Well, I mean, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, rooting for you. Yeah, it's just got to stick together. Uh, how about you, Gold? How long have you been working on this? Uh, I don't have an exact date when I joined, but uh, sure, I joined in one of the waves of people from Reddit. Uh, every once in a while, a Reddit okay. post gets uh, put out at a landmark, and I saw, I want to say, the 2000 combo landmark. 
And I had just picked up Discord a while back, and I said, why not? I like combos, I like magic. Sounds like a great place. Um, I joined, uh, and I rose throughout the ranks until eventually I hit the uh, mod status. Now, it's worth mentioning here that uh, Commander Spellbook did not always have a companion website. Once we started, we were only available by searching our combos through a Discord channel, through the searching Discord feature. And that was one of our main complaints is like, oh, well, this is a great service, but I don't want to like log on to Discord and search. So that's when we knew that we had to get this onto a website and, and make it a little bit more What Lapper said is actually a really nice transition because when I actually, I first joined the server, hmm. I looked at it, I saw the Discord search thing. I had basically never used Discord before. I went, that looks confusing and then closed it and never looked at it again for like months. And <laughs> and then, yeah, um, one of my friends texted me like a few months later or whatever, was like, did you see this website? And I was like, oh, they have a website now. That's pretty cool. And I looked at, and like, I looked through and like, and I mean, I guess I, li I, li I liked what I saw and I ended up joining the server and submitting stuff. I think I was made an editor within the day. And I think I became a mod within like a month or two of joining the server because it was COVID time in like, and mm -hmm. I had literally nothing to do. I had already, my summer job had ended and I kind of just lived on the server. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll take anybody. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. <laughs> you won't kidding. take anybody. The the I'm amount just kidding. of I'm just kidding. no, yeah, we have, we have a great team. Work and not just knowledge, but dedication that would have to come with a project like this. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking over a year in the making, so it's it re it yeah. really does show. Um, and with that, I think I think the last thing I want to ask each of you before we get into you know the more combo centered things because I want to give this project and this website as much shine as possible here. Cause it's again, dope. I'm going to ask you individually, but I'm going to put Alex on the spot first because that's my job. Alex, what was your favorite part about putting this together about this project in general? Absolutely. I just love the sense mm -hmm. of community because this really was a grassroots effort. Everybody came together and decided that this is, a knowledge base that we want to work on together. And that's always been something that touches my heart. Um, the idea of a, a common source of contributed effort, a project worked on together, like uh, wikis, like Wikipedia and, and, other, uh, and other wikis where anyone can contribute at any level that they mm. feel comfortable with. And even if it's not the, their best effort, that's not like professional level work, it doesn't matter because there are other people there who will clean it up and there are other people who will clean their work up and, Honestly, we're all just pitching in in our own way, and uh, this is just something that's, uh, well, that's really cool. special. And I, I, I'm like I said, I'm going to ask everybody, but if your answer is the same as Alex's, don't worry, say that. I'm not going to get mad if if uh, if you're using somebody else's work here, um, because I'm going to be using a lot of your all's work for a lot of the decks that I'm going to be making. Uh, Jalen, what was your favorite part in putting all this together? Um. This is the kind of hypothesis that I have, and I've uh, discussed this at length with my fellow mods at the Spellbook, is, um, and I don't speak for any site when I say this, but sure. I've always interpreted these uh, things as being for accessibility. We are taking all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom that we've acquired in our time playing EDH or playing Magic, and we're trying to put it into a data-based website or a combo database, that's the same thing, but whatever. Um, 
so that it's easily accessible and easily digestible for as many people as possible. And uh, there's also the community aspect. I agree with Alex there. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like the goal, the thesis that I was thinking of. Jalen has a great point. I don't want to interrupt anyone else here, but I will interject that our website is uh, 100% uh, seeing impaired compliant. It is uh, able to be viewed with screen readers for the that seeing impaired. Cool. And uh, I think that's a great feature for uh, because there are blind EDH it's players. It's useful and for awesome. me sometimes. I uh, My head starts hurting when I look at a screen for too long and I can't. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's really cool of you guys. I, I, I guess uh, from there, uh, Gold, how, how about you? What's, what's your favorite part of, of what you've been able to accomplish with this project? So not to steal uh, Alex's thing, but yeah, the, uh, the community is one of the greatest things I've seen out of here. Uh, it's, it's just really incredible to think that there's this giant community of people who love combos, love EDH, and just want to sit down and talk about it. You can almost always start up a conversation there. During spoiler season, there's always people excited to talk about the new cards coming out. It's just a really good time. I dig that. And how about you, Apple? Um, I feel like a big part of it is, like, feeling that, like, you're spending your time in, like, a meaningful way. I guess this is, like, sort of, like, what ties into... This sort of ties into what Alex said earlier, but it's the idea that, like, the work we're doing is not just for your own sake or just because you felt like doing it. It's you're doing something that will like have a meaningful impact on the rest of the community and like be useful to other people. It's it's not like you're just doing it because you felt like it and Amanda was cool. I mean, that's a perfectly valid reason to do things. But when it also is like useful to other people, it it really makes it that much more special. I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. You're making, you, you've all, uh, whether it's just the people, it, whether it, I'm talking to just the people on this podcast with us or the people like Blade who have gotten the look right and the dozens of other people that I'm sure, you know, it, we, we would love to give shine to in making this project happen and the amount of work and the community, it's something that you've made as a community, which is really impressive. And more importantly, it's there to assist people in this game that we all love. And when you're talking about a resource like that, it absolutely deserves attention. And we're going to give it a little bit more specific attention when we come back from our break, because I'm going to let everybody have an opportunity to talk about their favorite combos that are also in here. All right. Um, so we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back with some awesome combos and talk more about the spell book, everyone. We'll see you in a second. All right, we're back. And we've talked about the spell book and how awesome it is as far as finding combos and whether it's finding combos that you might not have thought of or just trying to find new combos. There's there's a, literally a random button that I've been playing with in the middle of our break, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, right. But let's talk about combos in general because, you know, when we're looking at... Uh, combos are extremely powerful, obviously. Uh, they are sometimes, if not most of the time, a way to win the game because you've created some kind of infinite loop or some kind of value engine that is just so powerful that it's not something you can overcome 
And that might not fly in the face, it kind of flies in the face of what we talk about at the social contract, where it's about, you know, politics, group hug, fun, symmetrical things along those lines. So we're kind of skirting a line here, Alex, and I, I think it's probably a good idea for us to go further detail into that. What do you think? Absolutely, Mike. Combos tend to be something that seem spiky and can set some people off. They can make people feel like you're winning out mm-hmm. of nowhere. And that can result in a feels bad situation because there are a lot of people who like to use combos sure. to win the game. Many different decks and types of decks uh, use combos to win of some variety. And really, there just aren't that many individual ways to win the game that aren't related to doing a combo so a combo is is going to represent a a large class of different win cons like infinite damage infinite mill mm-hmm. infinite life gain infinite mana infinite draw there's so many different ways for a combo to pop off and and so there's a lot of different kinds and i think the main issue is that people feel like i said it's out of nowhere so my solution to that we've talked about this before is you need to be very verbose with what you're doing and be open to your table when you're assembling a combo, you don't want to you don't want to be hiding it so that people aren't aware that it's being sure. constructed. When you're one or two paces away from winning, you can say, "Look, I have this piece and this piece, and I'm going to go find this piece. And when I do, if no one can stop me, I'm going to win the game." So you guys might want to figure something out. This is something that can very much attenuate that feels bad situation. Just making sure everyone's on the same page about what you're constructing, because Mike, the fact of the matter is that. Not everybody has every combo memorized, and not everyone can look at a piece that isn't in and of itself threatening and say, oh, that's a part of a very powerful combo that they could be assembling right now. Uh, so you just want to make that available yeah, Not to everybody people. knows and memorized every combo that exists, and that's yeah, why we have even, our website. Even if I, if I had all the time in the world, and I, I love you all. It, it's been a wonderful conversation. I am not going to go through uh, every single individual uh, combo on the website and, and memorize each one of them. Um, I think, I think for me and for the rest of you on the Spellbook project, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this too. I don't mind combos really at all. I don't even mind if they come out of nowhere. What I dislike is when it is, oh, this person is sitting down and they're going to win with this one thing that they do with the deck not a huge fan of running tutors because it it takes a lot of ambiguity away from what I'm trying to do. I like that. It's just a whole bunch of craziness and you know, I'm, I'm battle cruiser magic player. So I like just seeing crazy stuff happen, even if it's not for myself. So when I see somebody that I know is going to try and win with lab maniac, I, I, my, my, my heart doesn't sink, but my shoulders just kind of slump a little bit because I know that's what's going to happen. What about you all? I mean, I, I know you, you care at least about combos in a way, shape, and form because, hello, Commander Spellbook. But how do you feel about uh, combos? And if you think they get a bad rap, why, why do you think so? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Jalen. So there are two problems, and we did echo this a little bit, uh, echoing what yeah. Alex and Mike said. <clears throat> there are two problems with combos that many casual EDH players dislike, and that is their out-of-nowhereness. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. technical term, of course, and their of course, uh, and their ambiguity, not ambiguity, uh, their consistency, their rep- repetition. Mm-hmm. That's the term. But 
I don't think that's necessarily an inherent problem with combos so much as it is an inherent problem with just every deck leaning too much on one win con. Uh, sure. I write the staple remover articles, so one big problem that I have is uh, these sorts of generic win cons in general, like Crater Hoof Behemoth. I find that to be exactly as boring as Laboratory Absolutely. Maniac. So as a result of that, my favorite combos... Uh, in order to abate this problem are ones to have a lot of redundancy with them so that you can have uh, you can put together this machine of like 20 different parts potentially and you mm -hmm. can create a combo off of that and two ones that as Alex said earlier that you build over multiple turns so that you're not just winning out of nowhere I like that I like that that makes a lot of sense uh, Apple what about you um I feel like oops sorry there's a couple elements to it where you're good. Sometimes it's just if you're trying to sit down and like play a certain kind of game, or it's like, for example, one of my favorite decks to play, despite being a moderator for the spellbook, is Selesnia Angels. And the only combo in the deck, as I like to put it, is I I play a six drop angel into a seven drop angel into an eight drop angel, and then I turn them sideways. Like that's the only combo in the deck. Um, and when you're trying to play a bunch of basically fair flying creatures and your opponent, like, especially like out of nowhere, just goes, okay, I'm going to play these two cards and win the game. And it's like, oh, so nothing I did mattered. That's cool. Um, and like, if you're, if everyone's playing decks that are like, at least somewhat prepared to deal with something like that, or like or have something similar going on that can work, but, like, when someone's trying to play, like, their big creature stompy deck, which is really just, like, doesn't really have anything unfair going on, and another player is playing mm -hmm. combo dot deck, it's not particular... Those two players aren't going to have fun together. And, yeah, and sort of building that off of sense. that idea as well is sort of, like, the idea of, like, one of the players kind of just winning out of nowhere, and it's I don't even mean it's, like, as, like, a total surprise, but, like, the player hasn't really done anything. Like, they're behind, and while there's nothing wrong with, like, a little bit of swinginess to get back into the game, going from the person who's behind who no one really wants to beat up on because they haven't really been doing anything to suddenly just ending the game, there was, like, it just feels like the game just ended, right? And there was no progression or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just, oh, okay, guess that's done. Yeah, I, I again the the feels bad because it's a surprise versus the repetition of seeing either losing the same way or building a deck to where the entire thing wins. I, I think I think that's where it gets a bad rap, and that's I mean that's not necessarily true. That doesn't f that. I think a lot of the time when we talk about synergy versus combo there is a a hard dividing line but at the same time if you get to do something that your deck is supposed to be able to do and because you've built your deck in a certain way and it allows you to build off that and this cascades you know pardon the pun cascades into this which turns into this which turns into this even if it's not infinite i mean that is a combo in some way shape or form i think it's those infinite combos that come out of nowhere or are just, again, I, I, I can't say the word lab man without, you know, groaning a little bit. 
but that's me, and that's not to take away from anybody else's fun. Uh, Gold, what about you? Uh, what you know, you're you're a part of this project. You're obviously well versed in combos. Uh, how how do you feel about combos in general? And you know, do you think they get a bad rap? Um, I love combos in the game as well. Nice. I run yeah. a combo deck. My playgroup sometimes gets salty, but in the end, I always have another deck on hand because I know that not everyone loves combos as much as me. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the big reasons it has this uh, feels-bad effect is because, kind of like Infect, you can't really interact with it. You're sitting here with mm -hmm. your combo engine and playing one game while everyone else is trying to inflict lethal combat damage and playing a second game. You can't really interact with it outside of removal. Actually, I really like that connection between combo and infect. Um, Me too. I think that's a, that's a really profound uh, connection there. But I think that combos in general are like, inf well, not like infect, but like combat in general. Better if they're more interactive because like mm -hmm. across multiple types of permanence so that if somebody just happens to have uh sword supply shares they can interrupt it if they want or maybe your combo is through combat several of our combos uh like infinite combat combos especially using combat celebrant can be interacted with sure. through combat so those are usually a lot fairer yeah and i think at the same I, I, at the same time i mean you mentioned it specifically you have other decks like you have a combo deck but you have other decks and it, it goes back to what we were talking about about the social contract in general where there is an expectation on everybody what you're playing the entire purpose is to create this enjoyable experience together so if that's something where there's a conversation before or you sit down with a new group of people and you say this is what this deck is it tries to do this at that point as far as i'm concerned you're good you know, the idea of, uh, Alex has talked about it several times on the podcast. I have this piece. I have this piece. I'm going to go find this piece. And this is what it's going to do. There is there is a difference between just giving away information that costs you the game and keeping information that causes you to win the game, but it feels bad for the table. And depending on your playgroup, depending on the people you're playing with, and frankly, depending on the combo, um, I think that can be, you know, this these little fine lines that you have to kind of, you know, stay in your lane and try not to swerve too much because we're all sharing the same road here together and it's just making sure that we're in a good position. I re You're absolutely right. I, I agree with you. That's yeah, a balancing the, act. I, the idea of of comparing it to infect in its way it does make sense because in and of itself infect is playing a separate game in the game that by itself isn't too terrible if you really look at it it's not you're building a deck with one purpose doing a combo is the same way and i appreciate that 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 actually is going to temper my thinking and how i look at combos in the future and uh speaking of which we've talked about combos and seeing them on, a, on the awesome website that you have. We're going to plug it a thousand times, commanderspellbook.com. And uh, talking about combos at large, let's have a little bit of fun with it, though. Uh, we, we all, we're all bringing different combos to the table. 
Um, and I actually, I, I've got, I've got mine along with my number on the, uh, on the spell book here. Um, but I want to start with Alex. I always want to start with Alex. Alex, tell me about your favorite combo. Well, Mike, I think you might have a guess as to what my favorite yeah. combo is. And this combo is featured and don't you No, I just, lip. I just realized that is... I said the words like, you know, I'm going to try and give combos a good chance because they could be interesting and fun and not terrible and mean. Oh, and then I made the mistake on, of knowing exactly where you were going and starting with you. But that's okay. You knew exactly uh, where I was going with this, go Mike. And my combo is really more of a lock, the Mind Slaver lock. Very classic here. The Mind Slaver Law consists of Mind Slaver and Academy Ruins. Let's go ahead and read those two real quick. Mind Slaver, it's a 6-mana legendary artifact with 4 tap and sack. You control target player during that player's next turn. Hell yes. And then after that, we've got Academy Ruins, which is a legendary land with tap at colorless and 1 and a blue and tap. Put target artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library. So you see where this is going. You're going to activate the Mind Slaver controlling a player. And then once it goes to your graveyard, you're going to use Academy Ruins to put it on top of your library. And then your next turn, you're going to draw and cast Mind Slaver again. Now you're going to need 12 additional mana to make this work. But this, Mike, is a excellent lock. It is very difficult for the one person you've decided to lock down to get out of this. Now, this won't lock sure. down the whole table, which is ideal because you know my deck. It's a stacks deck that exists to hose <laughs> one person. So a Mind Slaver lock is very appropriate for a win con for my Silver Bullet deck. That makes sense. It, it's it's a scary thing. It's in the it's in the right kind of deck where uh you're 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 an arch enemy and you're you're you've determined that you're going to be an arch enemy. Well, I'm gonna shackle the arch enemy. Here we go. Which right. I totally understand. Now, if this combo is uh if if this combo sounds interesting to you, you go ahead and search up Mind Slaver on the Commander Spellbook website, and go ahead and click the Buy This Combo mm -hmm. button. Uh, which right now you can buy it for about ten to fourteen dollars. So it's, go nuts. It's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep the same uh, order that I've been going with. Uh, Jalen, why don't you tell me about your favorite combo? So there's like two different ideas behind cool combos. There's cool combos in theory, and then there's cool ones in practice. Sure. Uh, in theory, I'm a massive Vorthos player, so one of my favorite combos is between Lethal Vapors, Teferi's Protection, and anything that stops people from activating activated abilities on your turn, such as a Grand Abolisher. Uh, this is combo mm. 1812 on our database. But basically, the shtick is you cast Lethal Vapors, you activate it an arbitrarily large number of times, like a, a million times, uh, so that you skip the next million turns, and then you cast Teferi's Protection so that you phase out until the beginning of your next turn. And then you basically just leave the game until everybody else decks themselves. This is not a good <laughs> combo. <laughs> Jalen, that is one of my favorite combos in the game, and the best part about it is that you basically just check out. So <laughs> there's nothing that anyone can do to you except... If they have an alternate win con that wins them the game on the spot, then you're just kind of hosed because you can't interact with anything. Yeah. You have no mana. Your hand, you can't cast anything out of your hand, really. So what a fun combo. This is basically the, yeah, I'm going to go grab lunch, and you guys just let me know if anyone wins I uh, 100 turns like from now. I like this one because Teferi's protection is supposed to represent Teferi phasing out Zalfir, a city, uh, so that mm -hmm. it isn't affected by the Phyrexian invasion in the story. 
Uh, and he actually, he never bothered bringing it back. Well, he doesn't know how to. So right. the way that they survived the Phyrexian <laughs> invasion was they just checked out and never came back. Yeah. I'm just sitting here imagining the person playing like four different chess games at different tables and they're rotating. And instead it's Jalen sitting at an LGS and playing this combo with this deck and then just leaving their deck there and moving to the next table, bringing out a new deck. And all right, I guess I'm going to start playing this game now. Let me know when something is finished in the other game. Oh, holy cow. That's a, that was hilarious. Astronauts I love coupon. that. Uh, Apple, what's so, your favorite combo? W- one of my favorites is Felidar Guardian plus Porcullus. Um, I can, I'll, I'll read the cards quickly. So Felidar Guardian is... When Felidar Guardian enters the battlefields, you can blank something. You can blank any other permanent. And Portcullis, we're just going to go straight to Scryfall because it's from Strongholds and we're not even going to bother reading the actual text. Um, whenever a creature <laughs> enters the battlefield, if there are two or more other creatures on the battlefield, exile that creature. And then when Portcullis leaves the battlefield, return all creatures exiled with Portcullis to the battlefield. And... So one of the things I really like about this one, outside of the fact that it was one of the first ones I ever submitted, was it's just... Well, look, while Felidar Guardian is, like, one of the usual suspects for combos, Portcullis is just some weird old card that chances are no one's ever even heard of, let alone seen played before. Sure. And the fact that you can use it with... in your deck and, like, actually produce a meaningful result is really cool. And it's not even really the intended purpose of the card. Like, if you read the card, it seems pretty clear that it's supposed to, like, prevent people from just playing a bunch of creatures or, like, making a bunch of tokens. And that's not what we're using it for at all. <laughs> um, and, oh, and, oh yeah, and what the combo allows you to do is if you've played another, well, it just gets infinite enters and leaves the battlefield, but if you've also played another creature with an enter the battlefield trigger, like... Uh, like, I don't know, that deals one mm-hmm. damage to your opponent. Every time you do the loop, you'll ping your opponent for one until they die, or if you want to play something that draws cards, you can do that instead. It's it's also very flexible, which, I, which I'm a big fan of as well. We finally broke Elvish Visionary. <laughs> we did it. All right, everyone, <laughs> call it a day. We did it. Uh, but before we do that... Uh, we finally broke the yeah. fairies' protection. Oh man, finally! Uh, that one's been on the list for a long time. Uh, before, before we're satisfied with our results here, though, uh, Gold, why don't you tell me about your favorite? Well, tell all of us uh, about your favorite combo. So mine's a very sentimental one. It is Mirren Spy, Phyrexian Walker, Retraction Helix, and Reckless Fireweaver. Mirren Spy is a three mana one three with flying, and whenever you get to cast an artifact you can untap target creature. Phyrexian Walker is a 0-mana 0-3, and it's an artifact. Reckless Fireweaver says whenever an artifact enters under control, it's going to deal 1 damage to each opponent. And then to finish it off, we have Retraction Helix, and that gives target creature tap return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand until end of turn. So you want to target your Marin Spy with it, and then you get to tap it to put the Phyrexian Walker back in your hand, cast it, and then that Marin Spy trigger is going to let you untap your Marin Spy again. Um, this combo's been with me for a long time. When I first discovered combos, I was playing Kitchen Table with friends, 
I'd find the weirdest cards I could in their collection and I'd try and trade them off of them. One day, I saw these cards sitting on my desk and I said, I think I see a pattern here. And that was the first time that I realized that Magic actually had the ability to go infinite. And I was very proud of myself that day. Um, that combo's been with me ever since. I took it with me into Kitchen Table. From there, I brought it into EDH when my playgroup moved to EDH. I put it in my Joyra deck. And uh, when Emery got spoiled, I knew I need to build a deck with this. And I phased out the red. <laughs> and the combo now resides in my Emery deck, which I'm no longer allowed to play. <laughs> <laughs> nice thing about this combo, too, is it's got a lot of uh, redundancy. I think there's a functional reprint of Retraction Helix. I don't remember what it's called, but I know it exists. Banishing Neck. Banishing Neck, in case you're wondering. There we go. You can even uh, phase out the Mirren Spy, and that can become a Chakra Retriever. Or a Nettle Drone, actually. Perfect. Huh. Or Traxos. <laughs> See, we're all brewers here, Mike. We're, we're all just constantly brewing new combos. That's the best part. If only there was some place for you to put them all. <laughs> Commanderspellbook.com. There There's the plug. I'll tell you what. So I have one here, and my only regret is that I kind of made it on accident. And then I realized that it could be good, and then I never actually uh, played with it because I took apart the deck before it became a uh, became something that I got to use. Um, so the first deck that I ever played uh, against Alex with was my Amara Soul of the Accord deck, and that one just has the beautiful combo with a Thornbite Staff and with an Ashnod's Altar, and these are two of the most yep. combo-y things I can think of along with a super sweet uh, commander. So Amara, whenever they become tapped, you create a 1-1 soldier with lifelink, right? Well, Thornbite Staff says, uh, it's an equipment, says this creature deals one damage to target creature or player if you pay two and tap it. And more importantly, whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, untap this creature. Ashnod's Altar, everybody knows, just an artifact where you can sacrifice a creature to generate two mana. So the reason that I actually put this together is because I, this was very, very early in my magic playing days, and I saw that Amara was an elf cleric that was carrying a staff that had the Selesnia symbol on it, and Thornbite staff was a staff that I thought a shaman was close enough to a cleric, so I decided I was just going to put it in the deck for flavor reasons. And then eventually I got an Ashnod's Altar, and then eventually I started playing with people that knew a lot more about how to play the game than me, and pointed this out, and I went, oh, oh, oh. oh. So the idea of having infinite enter the battlefield, infinite leave the battlefield, infinite death triggers, infinite sacrifice triggers, and infinite damage, um, all things that you can do with this, because Amara, tap Amara, paying two to... Go ahead and deal one damage to something. Great. Then sacrifice the token that Amara just made, which gives you two mana, untaps Amara. Then you can tap Amara and do it and just infinitely do this. And the idea of of Amara just taking this Thornbite staff, and it's one damage. So it's not this crazy powerful magic blast or anything in my head. It's literally Amara just going over and whacking somebody on the back of the head with the staff 40 times in a row with people... It's just dying in the background. It's just this weird flavor thing that I was like, okay, well, that seems weird, but yay, Selesnia. And uh, 
Yeah, it's a fun combo. And I, I never... Yeah. It's a fun combo. Yeah. You can buy it right now on our website. Uh, search up Amara for $20. You can get that whole combo. If you're wondering if it's worth it to make Amara, I will let you know. It totally is. That was a super fun deck. And I, I probably need to build it again. So those are those are our favorite combos that we brought uh, to this, this week's episode. And to... Uh, kind of, again, outline the Commander Spellbook and what it does. This is a process that, as we've talked about and as you've heard already, it is a always growing process where I'm, I'm looking at it and it was, okay, 8,941 combos. Well, actually, it's at 9,000, and as more cards come out, there will be more added to it, which means more combos. And it's a really good thing that you're all on top of this with this awesome community and working together to make this. So uh, I wanted to say thank you because this is something that I'll be able to use in the future. And uh, if, if it hasn't been established enough, you should all be really proud of this. This is really impressive. Well, thank you, Mike. We definitely are. And uh, even though we've been saying that this is the search engine for EDH combos, this is really the search engine for singleton mm -hmm. combos because... Uh, we don't. Uh, we we do index cards that are banned in EDH. So if you play Brawl, Oathbreaker, Highlander of any variety, any singleton format, um, you can find your combos on our website. We we support. Another them great thing is uh, if you just happen to run into any combos and you don't fully understand the combo, like the person who performed the loop didn't explain it well enough or something along those lines, you can probably just search it up on our site and find it and it'll have a rundown there. All of our sites, uh, all of our combos explain the process of executing the combo in detail and the expected result. So we're just as, as friendly as possible. We don't just give you the cards and set you on your way. We explain it every it's step. It's not a Sudoku where you give, okay, here are the cards. You figure out how they work. No, it's, it's, it is nice to actually have the steps, uh, the prerequisites, the steps, and then the actual results, which frankly mm -hmm. is much more than I usually get at the table if somebody is demonstrating a combo, even if I ask. So you've done great with that. I'll tell you what. Stop Stop listening. Go go check out this website. Go check everything out. Well, don't stop listening quite yet, because I want to make sure that you can find everybody. So I'll tell you what, everybody. Give me your plugs. Tell me where to find everything on Commander Spellbook. Tell me where to find you all, etc. Just give it all to me right here. Let's go. So you can find my personal account at rosequartz underscore 26 on Twitter, but no one cares about that. So you can also find <laughs> the Commander Spellbook accounts. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Commander Spell. We couldn't get the book part, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. At Instagram, we are also at Commander Spellbook. Uh, we pretty much post the same stuff across those two places, and we post pretty often on r slash EDH over on Reddit to try and get some interaction there, too. I actually have one thing that I think would be very good to plug. It is the Discord server for Commander Spellbook, because I haven't done enough plugging to meet my quota. Hey, there you go. All of the stuff, everything that uh, you can find, all of our socials and our Discord and pretty much everything at the footer of our website as well. So it's all re really easily accessible at the bottom right corner over there. Perfect. Well, that that works really well. Um, so again, uh, like Jalen was just saying on the community, uh, in the bottom right, uh, it gives you their Patreon, discord, uh, Twitter, GitHub, back to EDH rec, everything 
awesome compendium, awesome resource. All of you should be proud of it. Alex, you should be proud of it. And I talk to you every week. And I am. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of everyone here. I'm proud of everyone in our community. Uh, everyone who's submitted a combo, looked at our website, joined our Patreon, retweeted us. Uh, all of our editors, judges, rules advisors. Uh, we have thousands of members, and this is a group effort, and I'm proud of well, every single what, one of them. You should be proud. And if people are proud of you and want to let you know how proud they are, Alex, where can people find you on socials? Absolutely, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at LapperMedic, L-A-P-P-E-R, Medic. Uh, or you can email me privately at alex at edhrec.com. If you've enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and rate the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions comments anything along those lines for us you can follow us on twitter at edh underscore social or email us at the social contract edh at gmail.com check out commanderspellbook.com find some cool combos bring them back tell us if there was something that you were excited to discover for a deck that you already had or a deck that you want to build regardless we hope to talk to you soon 